Evil to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Lebel, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. What's going on, guys? Welcome. Episode number 23. Hockey to hell and back. It's a big one. Thanks, guys, for joining me. If you're watching live, if you're listening after the fact, wherever you get your podcast from, thank you. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, lots going on. Lots to talk about. I always like to talk. You guys know that. But we're going to try to fast forward things. Um, you know, hopefully you're watching or listening on YouTube, maybe Facebook. I know a lot of people watching on Facebook, but we're trying to move over to YouTube on the Puck Sport Podcast Network. You can see me. In the puck support hoodie, I actually have, for the first time, I put this hat on. This is a, a puck support dad hat. I figured, I am a dad. Maybe I'll wear the dad hat. Uh, check that one out. But we got all sorts of stuff. Thank you to everybody for your support. 
Uh, it's been unbelievable. We're going to get to some pictures of people in the community later on uh, after the episode is over. Uh, but wow, it's uh, it's been an exciting time these past couple of weeks. And uh, I have a meeting with the NHL, NHLPA coming up. So wish me luck on that one. Uh, Monday, guess where I'm going? I'm going down to Oakville. Shout out to Rob McDougal and Dr. Brown, everyone at Dr. Brown's office. I'm getting my teeth done. That's right. But Monday is also one year, one year since I've done any hard drugs. So that's pretty awesome. I'm feeling good about that, and I couldn't have done it without all of your guys' support. Seriously, it's been uh, it's been a wild ride, but I'm so grateful um, for all of your guys' support. Uh, before we get into the episode, there's a couple things I want to cover. Uh, I'm going to bring in Jaden Shaver later. Uh, he's been a puck support warrior for a while, but we finally got a, a picture that we can use. And, uh, I mean, this kid is unbelievable. I'm going to put on a video of him here in a second uh, just to show you guys just how talented he is. This is just one video. my boy Jaden Shaver up there in Morseburg. He's going to join the show later. Um, you should check him out at Jaden Shaver on Instagram. That's just one small clip of the unbelievable stuff he can do. Uh, but he's going to be uh, along for the ride everywhere I go, I'll tell you that much. So looking forward to uh, connecting with him later. Uh, what else before we get into it? Oh, of course you guys know that this episode is probably brought to you by Team Issued Limited, shout out to Jesse Paradise out there in Manitoba. Take it away, Regan Bartell. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating the special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan. I got everything Team Issued, guys. That's my former teammate, Clona Rockets. His company, check it out, teamissue.ca. We'll probably be giving away some team issue gear here in the new, near future again. Uh, but that's it for the intro. We got lots to talk about later. Let's get right in to episode 23. And if you haven't seen the show before since I changed the name, I'm gonna, I'll be back in a few minutes. Just put it that way. If you've seen the show, you know how this goes. With a record 10 players changing cities, one of those players was Doug Gilmore. Perhaps no other athlete captured the imagination of Toronto sports fans faster than Doug Gilmore. 
As most of you know, I'm one grateful individual these days, and that's for a number of reasons. There have been so many miracles that have happened over this past year that I don't even know where to begin to start. But what I can say, every time I get to do one of these podcasts, I know it's a real gift. In fact, every day I wake up is a real gift. And I do my best to remind everybody that every single day that we are alive is an absolute miracle. The fact that I'm still breathing today doesn't make any sense to me. But having the opportunities that I've had make my mind and my head spin. I sometimes feel like I'm not worthy of any of it. Early last spring, I connected with Dave Gilmore, and he set up the interview with Doug Gilmore, episode 21 of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery, and I was so appreciative of that, I actually almost fell off my chair. I spent last night listening back to that podcast, and it was actually painful. I feel sorry for Doug that he had to sit there for close to an hour and a half and listen to me ask questions, stutter, shake, because I was truly nervous and very inexperienced. I was on the other end of that call, asking him questions, fumbling my papers around, because honestly, I'm just in awe of the guy that Doug Gilmore is on and off the ice. Originally from Kingston, Ontario, Doug Gilmore was born in 1963 to parents Don and Dolly and older siblings, Dave, Debbie, and Donna. Dave has become one of my good friends and a huge supporter of puck support and somebody that Doug idolized his entire childhood, somebody to look up to. Dave Gilmore was a hockey player himself. In fact, he was drafted by the Vancouver Canucks and had stints in the minors before hanging them up, which left Doug with a lot of life lessons and an example of what to do and what not to do in the pro hockey world. I think we can all appreciate my nerves on the last podcast when I had Doug on. I mean, what do you say to a guy that played in the NHL for 20 seasons, recorded over 1,400 points, is a two-time All-Star, a Stanley Cup champion in which he scored the game-winning goal, a Selkie Trophy winner, and a Canada Cup championship, and all of his accolades in junior, which include an OHL Most Outstanding Player of the Year, first-team All-Star, and the leading scorer in the league which he sits third all-time behind leaders Billy Smith and Wayne Gretzky. During that incredible season, he recorded a whopping 177 points and a record that still stands today with a 55-game point streak. That's right, 55 games straight with a point. He also won a Memorial Cup championship with Cornwall in 1981, in which they were the last team to take part in the World Junior Hockey Championships as a team after that Hockey Canada got together and started to put together an all-star team as the format we now know today as the World Juniors. Though Doug Gilmore is undoubtedly one of the greatest players of our generation, things didn't always come easy to him. He was constantly told that he was too small by scouts, coaches, and fans alike. But he just used that as motivation, fuel for his fire. Doug Gilmore was originally drafted in the seventh round, 134th overall in the 1982 NHL entry draft by the St. Louis Blues. Most people don't know this, but up until junior, Doug was actually a defenseman, which later translated into becoming one of the best shutdown centermen in the entire NHL, facing off against the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Marcel Dion, and all the other top centermen around the league. But even playing in that shutdown role, he still found a way to score points and score them on a large scale. He scored over 100 points three times over his career and holds three Toronto Maple Leafs records. During the 92-93 season, Gilmore recorded 
95 assists, which still stands as a record for the Leafs, and 127 points, which is also a franchise record. He also shares the record with hockey legend Babe Pratt for most assists in one game by a Toronto Maple Leaf with six. Side note, in December of 1987, Ken Linsman of Boston scored and Doug Gilmore scored just two seconds later, which still stands as the fastest two goals apart in NHL history. Doug has solidified himself as one of the greatest players of our generation, no doubt, and the Toronto Maple Leafs even retired his number 93. And in 2011, he was inducted with the most prestigious honor, becoming a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. That same year, he was also inducted into the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame. And when the Toronto Maple Leafs released their list of top 100 players of all time, Doug Gilmore was number 13. I'd say that's not too bad for a short guy who was never going to make it. His hockey accolades are only one part of Doug Gilmore. It's what he does off the ice that really caught my attention. Last summer, one of Taylor and I's close personal friends, Donna Reed, who has been battling pancreatic cancer, was having a blood transfusion. And I found out that Doug Gilmore was one of her favorite hockey players. So I asked Doug if he wouldn't mind doing a short video message to encourage Donna while she sat there during one of her many excruciating treatments. It didn't take long for Dougie to respond. And within minutes, a video message came through personalized to Donna and I was able to send it to her. I could get emotional just thinking about it. For that, I will always be grateful. And I know Donna still holds it near and dear to her heart to this day. There's no question that Doug is a first class guy. But I mean, it runs deep throughout the entire Gilmore family. On November 14th, his older brother Dave turned 70 years old. And to bring in his 70th birthday, he ran 20 kilometers and biked 50 kilometers with his son Brandon to raise money for puck support. They raised $2,450, and that's a big reason why we're in the position we are today. And for that, I will always be grateful. We will change the world. Before I bring Doug in, I thought I'd share one more story. Just this past New Year's Eve, I was sitting there, and just before 12 o'clock, I got a message from hockey icon Doug Gilmore wishing me a happy new year. I had to sit back and really think. Just 13 months prior, I was behind bars with my life in shambles and absolutely no plan, no hope, and still contemplating suicide. Upon my research the first time that Killer was on my podcast, I uncovered that both his parents worked in corrections. And his brother Dave, of course, worked in corrections as well. And even one of his sisters, Deb, was a correction officer as well. So you can imagine how surprised I was when they started to support my cause. It just goes to show you how classy of a family they really are. And the support of the Gilmores has meant more to me than they will ever know. I know Doug's time is extremely valuable. So let's bring him in. This is such a great pleasure to have another crack at it after such a disastrous time the first go around, in my opinion. So without further ado, guys, let's bring him in. As popular today as he was in 1993, he lives in the hearts of Leafs fans, still their favorite. Play that kind of hockey they don't play anymore. Number 93, the killer, Doug Gilmore. <laughs> What's going on, Dougie? Hey, that's pretty cool to hear Andy Frost. That's uh, That's been a long time, man. And uh, you know what? Ready? You did a great job the first interview. Don't even go there. Um, <laughs> obviously, this is totally different now, and it's uh, it's great to be back on with you. So um, whatever you can do to uh, help support it, we're there for you. 
Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, I've been uh, spending the last uh, couple of days, especially watching some of those old highlights. I went back and forth. I, I really fought to, I wanted to put in that, that amazing goal, the one where you twist and turn about a hundred times behind the net and snuck it past Cujo, that amazing goal. Uh, but I mean, there's just so many to pick from. I could have talked about you for two days, but I just appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. What's Doug Gilmore up to these days? Well, just like everybody else, um, doing a lot of zoom calls doing, uh, you know, corporate, uh, companies I'm with and, uh, still the little, um, up here, the angel project. It's, uh, it's a great uh, charity, um, you know, pretty much people that don't have families that need wheelchairs, or, et cetera. So, um, again, just uh, I'm in my office finally because my daughter's taking it over. She's <laughs> doing schoolwork in here. And, um, yeah, just uh, like everybody else, huh? we're just uh, surviving and trying to keep busy, uh, trying to stay the best shape we can. And uh, that's it. So it, it's just trying to connect with family, really, you know, families in Kingston. Um, have a, my sister Donna's in Oshawa. They're moving back to Sudbury soon. My son Tyson, he's back in Geneseo, uh, still inside of Rochester. So, and then, uh, my older boy, Jake, he's, uh, he's in kind of the movie business right now. He, he graduated, but, um, he's been, uh, kind of like a, they build sets and I think it's uh, for Chucky four go figure right now. <laughs> so, um, but he's, uh, he's going back to work this week and just, uh, yeah, it's crazy times, but, uh, it's, it's always nice to get on the phone and talk to people. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, we have to make do with what we have. And I mean, it's amazing to hear that charity. I think there's uh, a lot of people uh, in that situation, especially I've heard, you know, with medical equipment being so expensive. I know my grandma was in a wheelchair for years and uh, it was always a, it was almost always a struggle just to, to sometimes, you know, find the money to get her a new chair or whatever. And, and we were actually one of the luckier families because we actually, you know, saw other families struggle a lot more. And so, I'm, you know, kudos to you, man. That's, that's amazing. Uh, I wanted to mention, uh, I know you're doing some corporate stuff. We've seen you all over the TV curving sticks, like back in <laughs> how much, yeah. fun, how much fun was that for you to do that commercial? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it's on, it has been great. Um, you know, we don't know what we're doing until we get there. And it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. So it's, it's, it's just the uh, craps and giggles, really. Like, uh, we're having fun with it. Um, it probably, you know, our side of it, the, uh, alumni guys, probably about four or five hours of, uh, shooting it. Um, the same, same as the NHL players, but it, it, we walked out of there and just laughed and it's like, okay, how stupid is this going to be? But, uh, it kind of reflects back at, uh, what we used to do. Man, I absolutely loved it because I, even like as a young kid, my dad used to buy me the wooden blades that would go in. He'd buy me the straight Paul Korea blade and I would just have at her and I'd make my own curve and everything else. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's one of the best commercials I've ever seen. I think you guys did a great job and I'm glad it was fun for you guys. Um, what are you thinking about the hockey these days? I, I was curious to ask you, do you think they're doing a, doing a good job uh you know, as far as COVID goes, what do you think about the hockey? And uh, are you used to watching it with no fans? Yeah, I honestly, this is kind of like training camp um, as, as a player, as you know, like to go out and you got to be motivated to play and there's no fans there. Yes, it's on TV. So that's kind of the positive note of it. Um, 
but it's got to be hard. And, you know, like as far as I'm just happy it's back on. Yeah. I get the, I, it's, it's been minus three here today in Burlington. And, um, I have a little glassed in porch outside. My TV's still up. So I put the toque on gloves and I still go out and sit out there. Just, uh, I don't skate that much anymore, but, uh, I, I just want to watch. And it's, it's, uh, I think they're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, I think everything is so new, um, meaning if there's one detection of COVID and uh, they got to shut everything down. And so, um, how the next part's going to be when the Canadian, the Canadian teams have to play the American teams. Um, obviously, whether you get closer to the finals or semifinals, it might be a bubble that they're all in. But uh, again, nobody knows that right now. But I'm uh, I'm excited just to have sports, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, too. And uh, I mean, I, I wanted to ask you, too, Doug, like, because I've been doing a lot of thinking about these the, the guys that aren't playing, especially, you know, in junior, major junior, guys like maybe in their OA year, 20 years old, that were really looking to make that last season, that last push where maybe they could get that contract and now they're not going to get that chance. Have you thought about that at all? Oh, for sure. Like just, as I said, my son's team, like he's in his second year. And so the year's shut down. Um, so he's got two years left and, you know, he's a 21-year-old uh, right now. And, um you feel he feels bad for his guys, his buddies that are in their last year, the senior year, and um, like it's it's going to be so hard this year, even the draft. Yeah, like you know, you've got a list there, obviously, of certain people, but this say somebody that's projected in the fifth round possibly could have moved up to the second round, third round, because everybody's going to evolve at different levels, and um, yeah, it's very disappointing for them, and. You know what? They got to stay strong. They got to stay positive, and um, who knows what's going to happen? I, I know the minor hockey here is shut down, and uh, junior hockey, they, it's going to be a tough road for them to get going again, too. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed that uh, sometime, hopefully, in the next month and a half, you know, things open up a little bit and see where we go. Yeah, and I can't wait for that to happen. Uh, you know, I look at, you know, myself, you know, I, I had no intention of playing pro hockey. I actually, you know, was a, a dad to be my final year in junior and I was ready to take on firefighting and I ended up playing with, with Jamie Ben and Colin Long and with a bunch of other great players on that team and earned myself a contract. And and I just think, you know, if I didn't have that last year, that final push, I would have never had that that experience. And I just my heart goes out to all these guys. And I hope that uh, somehow, you know, they still get that fair chance and we can figure out something uh, for those guys. But it's interesting, too. You look at something like the OHL draft or the Western Hockey League Bantam draft. Uh, it, it poses a lot of questions. Like you say, you know, the top end guys are. But I mean, still. I look at you and, you know, you were a late, a late draft pick. How were you? Uh, I don't think I asked you this on the last one. Like when you got drafted in the seventh round, was that uh, expected? Were you wanting to go? Obviously, you wanted to go higher because you're lighting it up. But was that more of like, were you just fueled more by that? Okay, seventh round, because there was guys that got drafted ahead of you, but you made it to the NHL before them. So, you know, how, how was your mindset? Well, you know, Brady, I got passed through the draft my first year. So um, I was a... Uh, 150 or sorry 140 pound 145 pound centerman i played about 38 games i uh, broke my collarbone uh in my eighth game and uh then we came back and won the Memorial cup and then the next year uh dale howard chuck left scott o'neill left for half the year and so i got an opportunity to play more and 
uh, yeah, there was guys that were drafted in front of me and projection was when, you know, it's scouts telling everybody that where, what you might be going. And so, um, Chicago were thinking about taking me in the third or fourth round, but then they took Kenny Rimchuk in the first round. So they didn't need another centerman in the draft uh, that early. So again, um, I was actually hurt. Uh, I was playing ball hockey <laughs> and, um, uh, my, it was a cartilage. So I was on the train home and my mom picked me up and, uh, I said, did I get drafted? Cause I, I was watching the draft the first three rounds before I got on the train and came home and she goes, yeah, I got drafted by St. Louis in the seventh round. So, and my neighbor, believe it or not, up the road was a kid named Rick Wilson and he was drafted in the first round of St. Louis two years previous. Okay. So I rang, uh, Rick was a, you know, fitness buff and, um, he, uh, he played, I don't know, about four or five years in St. Louis. I went to Chicago for a bit and unfortunately he passed away a couple of years ago, but, um, he's just, uh, he, it was great. You know I mean? At least I had something that I could kind of connect to and that I played my whole, uh, next year out and still didn't have a contract. And I went over to Dusseldorf for a little bit, uh, for training camp and, uh, they wanted to sign me and my agent, Larry Kelly said, get on a plane right now and get out of there. Cause, um, <clears throat> St. Louis, uh, Ross and Perina owned the hockey club and they finally sold it in August, pretty big mid August. And that's when I was over in Dusseldorf and, uh, um, Harry Ornette bought the team and I came home and I signed. So it was, uh, I still got my contract downstairs. It's, uh, uh, 65 pro uh 70 and uh, 75 and uh, it was 23 minors so after 40 games it was a one-way contract so i was just hopefully banking on that yeah and well you you did it there you are i don't know i think that's a couple years in there but uh you played in st louis and you found you pretty much found instant success but you have to take on a role that maybe you weren't used to uh, and i alluded to it in the intro uh, you played defense right up until, you know, pretty much junior. And I, we did talk about it the last time, but I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard it. I just, I, I can't stop. I couldn't stop thinking about how much of an impact that must have had uh, learning the defensive side of the game uh, and then moving into forward. Cause you were obviously an offensive defenseman, but you're correct. Great. Yeah. You know what? I was an off offensive defenseman. So when I got to Cornwall, uh, they won the Memorial cup that year. Uh, Danny Dow was their captain and he was leaving um, and I think, uh, there was another centerman that left and so there were spots open and I got there and they said, oh, by the way, you're going to be a centerman. So centerman is just like a defenseman, meaning, you know, you see the ice, you're down low and you come up with the puck. So it, the transition wasn't that hard. Um, trying to go back to the transition as say 10 years into it in the NHL and mm -hmm. try to go back and play defense. Good luck. So it's like you, you forget the skills of skating backwards and everything else. And, um, yeah, it, it was kind of a blessing, obviously. So back in those days in, in the pro, there wasn't too many small defensemen. So um, things worked out. And, uh, again, I had great advice from my family. Uh, you brought it up earlier, David. And, uh, you know, my sisters were a part of it, but uh, my mom and dad. And uh, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, he uh, – David mm -hmm. owned a bar – uh, back in the nineties and in, uh, Kingston called Gilmore's and he, uh, he was probably, I came home after about a year 
happened. Say I just like I saw him all the time, but once he bought the bar, he probably weighed about two fifty when I came home, and I'm like, what is going on? And uh, again, he ran it for a bit, but when, once he got rid of the bar, he got back into fitness. And uh, you see the picture of him there now. He's and what he's what you said earlier. He's unbelievable. Like uh, he's a diabetic. Pretty much diabetes is almost gone for him. And his eyesight's not that great because he's he's ran into certain things. <laughs> did, did, did he tell you that story? Which one is that? Just on Sydney Road in Kingston, he was driving. Oh yeah, and he yeah. ran into a fridge. Oh no, I haven't heard that one. I don't think I heard that one. <laughs> There's a fridge in the highway that people put out for the dump to take whatever. Oh. He, ran, he ran into it. So, <laughs> but oh, um, again, I, I you got to be proud of him for what he's done. And, and uh, again, he was a big, uh, obviously, supporter of mine throughout my career. Yeah, and I, I you can't the the experience that he had before you is completely invaluable. Not only do you get to to watch him growing up, uh, you know, playing major junior, junior, and then pro, uh, and then getting to lean on him, and then also learning from him. I think that's you know that's you cannot uh, recreate that through anything else but through your family. And I can't imagine how much of an impact he would have played on you. And I just want to remind everybody too, like on his seventieth birthday, uh, that back in November fourteenth. Him and Brandon actually, you know, they ran 20 kilometers and they biked 50 kilometers to raise money for puck support. Now, like, uh, there's just no words for that. Um, you take away the puck support. I, I can't believe I cannot do that. And I'm 33. No. Yeah, I'm turning 58 this year. And I, I'm uh, kind of more walking than I am running these days. <laughs> but, um, you know, again, going through this whole, um, you know, when you're young and my brother-in-law, Neil that's married to Donna. Uh, he played with the Kingston uh, Canadians and then he played with Vancouver Canucks when they lost out to um, the Islanders with the, the white towels and all that Roger oh, yeah. Nielsen days. So, um, and, and again, once you're in the minors back in those days, um, they put you on waivers, but it's recallable waivers. So they would just pull you up and send you down, pull you up and send you down and you couldn't get a, a shot with another team where now you go through waivers, teams can, can grab you. So it was a great learning experience because, you know, I'm coming up and I have a chance on two-way contract and I want that one-way contract to stay stay up top. So, uh, yeah, again, family members and friends you always help you out. Yeah, and I'm curious is because there was, you know, there was a little controversy when you, were in, you got traded to Calgary uh, and then there was, you know, a little bit of issues there in Calgary and you, you, you've been quoted that it was one of the hardest decisions you ever had to make. Um, but you get, you get moved to Toronto in, you know, the biggest trade ever. And then, you know, you find pretty, you know, you took over Toronto and you, you completely revitalized that franchise. How cool was that to come home and, and essentially home to your home province and, and play for the Maple Leafs? Like, come, like is there nothing? Well, yeah. Getting, getting traded to Calgary, you know, yeah. Joe Newendike there, a young stud, um, your Joel Otto, um, they had centerman and, you know, I was coming in, it was uh, my sixth year in the league, and this team was, you know, on paper, they were great, and we ended up winning it. And then, uh, you know, when Cliff did leave in 92 to go to Toronto, um, you know, we still had a good hockey club. You know, you look at uh, the names on the list there, like Gary Roberts was there. Uh, we had Sergey Makarov on the team, um, uh, Gary Suter. Like, the list can go on, Theo, Theo Fleury. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, 
he was a rookie when we won the cup. And it's just, uh, it, it's, it was kind of sad times that I, I left. Um, it was a contract dispute. Yeah. So was Rick Walmsley. So was uh, Jamie McCowan. And so was Rick Natras. And um, Kent Manorville was kind of a throw in the deal, but it was all contracts. So it, it was a tough pill to swallow because, you know, guys like Al McGinnis said, you know what, we should have stepped in and made sure you're assigned because we had a good hockey club here to go for a good run. And, you know, you always feel bad for leaving, but you're also, as, a, as an athlete, you got to understand if you're appreciated and somebody wants you, and if they don't want you, you got to get out. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, uh, I called my agent, um, Doug Reisbrow was, uh, the GM at the time. And, um, I woke up in the morning about 6 AM. We're in, in, uh, San Francisco at the time before, at the cow palace. But I got up about seven o'clock in the morning, went to the bathroom and adjoining door. And, uh, believe it or not, it was Doug Reisbrow and he was yelling my name and say, I'm going to trade him. And so I was to fly in the wall. So about uh, two weeks, three weeks later, I decided December 31st was my last game. We played Montreal. We won. Hockey you Canada. Score. You scored. Yeah. 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 Hockey Canada was, uh, I already approached them quietly that I was going to stay in Calgary and skate with them until I got traded. And then two days later, uh, I was traded for a 10-player deal. So it's something that uh, he just uh, he just told me I was traded. I didn't know where I was going. And then my agent called and said that you went to Toronto. I'm going, oh, that's awesome. So it was a, it was a dream. And How- it, was, it was such an honor to put that uniform on and um, the pride that goes with it. You're looking up at Maple Leaf Gardens and, um, you know, the banners and the fans, you know, behind the bench, there's no glass. The fans are, you, you can almost take a French fry out of, out of or grab their beer. It's, but it's just, I don't know. It was just so surreal that uh, I had an opportunity to play there. Yeah, and did how much extra pressure do you think you felt? Did you ever feel extra pressure? I've just asked. Uh, I've been, I'm asking because I've heard that, and, and some guys have uh, been traded there, and they it, it's almost like they can't handle that pressure. And then there's other guys there. You go there, and it's like you thrive on that. Uh, was that something that would get you going? Extra pressure? Yeah, it's to me. It, it's it's like the the playoffs are everything to me, right? Nobody's paid. You go out and you produce. And then that'll give you people kind of remember the playoffs over the the regular season. So my thing is just absorb the media, absorb the fans and run with it. And you know what? There are times that you're going to go through a slump and, you know, as a hockey player, you squeeze the stick tighter, you try to do more and it doesn't work. So simplify it, meaning have you ever played when you're not feeling well, you have a cold or whatever and all of a sudden your brain works better yeah what the heck because some days you have all the legs in the world and all you're doing is chasing the puck all night so it is a mind thing and that's where i really figured it was like you know what you put those skates on and you're say it's back-to-back games and you got a charlie horse or a bad back or something and then somehow you get through that game and you might come out with a point or but the team won but your brain works in mysterious ways, man. Yeah, and I I can't believe you just said that. There are so many occasions, I mean, not so many, but a handful of occasions where 
honestly, I had no business playing because I was sick, but you played through it and I had one of my best games. And, it, and it's such a, it's so true. And it's, uh, it's so much more uh, mental than people uh, ever realize, you know? And, and I think the biggest thing is too, and like, I think mentally you have to be strong and it's how do you get, to, I don't know, but it's something that has to be within you. And it's like, I'm going to get through this. I want this. And it just, it, it, again, we've all made stupid mistakes. And what were you thinking when you did that? But I don't know, for hockey, indirectly, it's just something that, um, again, if I, I go out in the ice certain games and I'm like, oh, I feel good. I feel good tonight. Didn't do anything. Chased the puck the whole game. And because I was skating well, it's like, I think I'm going to get it. And then it's almost like you start cheating and you're not doing the right things. Just follow the system, anticipate where the puck should be and go get it. So that's uh yeah, it's crazy when you, when you think about it. Cause I, I, I was tired one night and you had it up on earlier. I had six assists that night. Yeah. And just, it, I don't know why it works that way, but it really does. Well, and now you're in the you're in the record books. Uh, you got a couple, three records, and a couple records in junior with Cornwall, who is now Sarnia uh, in the O. You still hold the record franchise there for most most points in a season um, and uh, most assists in a season with only 107 assists and only 177 points. Not that big of a deal. I mean, holy, yeah. that's crazy. Well, the 55 game point streak. We touched on it before, but just like, how awesome was that? Uh, again, you know what? I didn't really notice it till about 20, game 25, 26, and the reporters would bring it up to you a little bit. Uh, the reporter for us at the time was Steve Dryden that uh, runs the hockey or the top guy at the hockey news now. And um, so I, I was around game 30, and I told you the story. I, I was on for about a minute, and there's about 30 seconds, 40 seconds to go in the game. No points. I come off. And then somebody else, maybe with 15 seconds going to the game, comes off. And coach yells, get on. I got on, got a breakaway, and uh, scored. So with probably like seven seconds to go in the game. So the record, you got you to be lucky to, to have that. And, again, I had great line mates, great teammates that, uh, honestly, that could really help me out. Yeah, and I think I mean that's it's a great point. I mean, obviously your your skill is undeniable and and your talent, but you're, it makes it it makes it a lot easier when you have a good team and, and great line mates. And I know that firsthand playing with Jamie Bennett was like I always tell people that I could have literally been playing in a wheelchair and probably still got fifty points that year. He could have just you know that's how easy it was when you're playing with with players you connect with. Um, who is who do you think is the you know? And I I hate to put you on the spot, but are the couple maybe top three guys that you played against or is there anybody that you played against where maybe you were surprised at how actually like actually how good they were is there i mean we go back to waiting there's, but, yeah there's there's so many like through my 20 career like for me my first three years checking obviously wayne was there denny savard um you, you look at you know when times change a little bit and then guys like eric lindros came in the league and you know big bodies I'm 100, 170 pounds, and you're playing against a guy 230, and he's big, he's mean. So, you know, you, you talked about it earlier. Like the mean streak that you have to have to play is not really to 
be as tough and try to I'm not going to fight those guys. It's not going to happen. But when you go into a game and you see guys talking to each other or a guy tries to say something to you and, hey, uh, hey Doug, how you doing? It's like, well, I know I got him tonight because he's, he's saying, how am I doing? <laughs> so I'm like, the guys that don't look at you, that are growling at you kind of thing, okay, game on. But it's the other guys that uh, are kind of, Walking a little light-footed out there that more or less are saying, oh, let's just be friends tonight on the ice. And you can't be friends on the ice. You know that. You've no. got to have that helmet on. Your eyes got to be focused. And we're, we're there to win. We're there to play a great game and try to be successful. And um, I tell you, I'm, I know you miss it. I miss it because you, you never get that back. When My biggest thing is when you go out on the ice for that national anthem and before a game in the nhl uh the fans are going even when you're on the road and your nickname's boo doesn't matter you're into the game because you're doing something right if they don't like you yeah i know that one too i used to thrive off that fans would be all over me all the time yeah uh, that, and you're right that's probably you know i always say that my favorite part about hockey was honestly the warm-up and and coming out uh like you said especially at home when the fans are on their feet and stuff you can't you can't recreate that no you'll, you'll never get it back and it's something that uh at least the experience and you know it, everything that i went through i wish every kid could experience what i went through because it was just you know, you're, I'm just not talking about, there's always ups and downs and trades and, you know, decisions that are being made, but uh, it's just electrifying, you know, you know it's, to be there and just to sit on that bench and look up and all the fans and everything else, hang on. No, you're no good. Function here. You're good. So, yeah, it's something that, uh, you know, it, I always look back at and, you know, the, my my kids always watch tapes and I said like what did you why did you do that on this play and it's like I, I don't know like <laughs> it's just it, it's how it's how hockey people are and you know that for a fact because you you got your nose dirty and you you're a survivor and you you went out and you did what you had to do and uh, it's uh, it's something that uh, you know you, after the game's over you probably go well maybe I should have done that or but. You know, you, 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 the next game, you're doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so quick. Everything happens so fast out there. And it, and if it, if you're not reacting quick, I mean, you're going to be behind. And sometimes you react and, and, and you have to, yeah, you look back and it's like, hey, that maybe I shouldn't have done that. But yeah. at the same time, that is what you probably should have done. But No, exactly. And, you know, and you, know you go home. I'm telling you, I'd go home and I'd say, oh, damn, why did I do that? And next playing the next night and put your helmet on, you're probably going to do the same thing. So <laughs> it's like, you, again, it's a, it's a game of survival. It's a game of mentally tough. And um, if you, you win, um, you're successful, uh, teams want you. And that's what, uh, that's what we were paid to do as well for. So, yeah, and we're going to get to uh, a couple questions, comments coming in. First one's coming from my girlfriend. She's up there. She wants to say, Hadley and Link say, love you, Daddy. Love you guys, too. Hello to you guys. Uh, Adam Running says, wow, incredible. He's a huge Doug Gilmore fan, as everybody is. And Marlene Wall uh, echoing the wow. Uh, 
Don Reed said, uh, cool kid. I don't know. Oh, she talked about me with my snapback hat. <laughs> um, love them buckets, Marlene Wall. Uh, love Doug in the blue and white. Uh, thank you, Marlene, for your comments. Uh, Bob Babcock says, love it, brother. Hopefully no relation to Mike Babcock. Just kidding. <laughs> um, oh, so, uh, hold on. I just got to address this. Why did you delete your hockey to heroin Instagram? Okay, so just quickly, I didn't delete it. I actually got kicked off Instagram yesterday. I don't know if I'm going to get that account back because I stuck up for somebody who was getting bullied and then the bully rallied his buddies to report my account even though I did nothing wrong. So I got kicked off Instagram. Doesn't matter. Uh, we move on. I don't let those people get to me uh oh he wants to say and in the blue and gold i guess he, he liked you down south there too nice um, donna reed says made me cry my face off at the hospital hello donna yeah she's she's so appreciative of that video uh cameron proudy says so excited for this one uh donna said me too sorry doug we're getting here no worries Tanner Wilshaw says, thanks for letting me talk to Dougie for a couple minutes. We had Tanner on before the show, and he revealed a puck that Doug flipped to him as an 11-year-old kid, and he still had it, which was pretty cool. Yeah, what a, what a, again, it's such a blessing to play the game, and we're all the same. We're all kids, and we would love to go to a game and get a puck or get a stick from an NHL player. And, um, hey, when you saw the kids there, how excited they were. If I had more pucks, obviously, give them to everybody. But it's uh, a, we all went through the same thing. And, and I, that was pretty cool to hear from. Yeah, it was. I, I had no idea that's what he was going to bust out either. Uh, he's in, He actually lives in Swift Current. Now we're going to connect out there. Hello to Nathan Weeb, also chaplain for the Swift Current Broncos and the AAA team who's going to be doing lots for puck support. And he's invited me to come back and talk to the Broncos. And I can't wait for the WHL to fire back up so I can go spend some time in Swift Current again. Marlene Wall says, my all-time favorite captain. You were named the 15th captain in uh, Toronto Maple Leaf history. That must have been a pretty cool honor, Doug. You know all the stats. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <clears throat> it's it's unbelievable when you start bringing all this back up. How much I forget, but it's uh, it, yeah. It was like I said to put the logo on. It was just such an honor. Um, you know, I had Wendell as captain previous to me, and good friend and a warrior. And um, just all I could say is, you know, it, we thrived on each other when we played together, and just uh, just a great person. Yeah, for sure. I what, what a guy he is, Clark. He actually, uh, Wendell has a place pretty close by to me up here in Muskoka. I keep hearing that people see him out there doing all his own yard work and everything else, and they're surprised he that does. he does. gets his own yep. hands dirty and stuff. Doesn't surprise me one bit. No, he he's got. Uh, I think he's got the big rink out there now too on the ice. Uh, it's probably by, I don't know, 150 by 100. It's huge, and uh, I, I had a chance to go up to see him a couple couple years back and uh beautiful place and uh, yeah he does all the work and you know it's it's kind of what we all do like after last year you know uh, come up in uh, march everything shut down and it's like i enjoy doing my own grass and doing yeah. everything so uh previous to that it's like oh, i'll let somebody else do it because i'm doing promotions here i'm gone all the time the wife can't do it so i was like no i'm gonna do all this and i what a great year and I have a, a long guy across the road from me that's retired. And if I have a weed or something comes over and tells me, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. Oh my God, that's too good. I like that. Um, <laughs> Bob Babcock, he's back. He said, loved when you played here in Buffalo, sir. Uh, you were in Buffalo. You were in New Jersey, Montreal, St. Louis, Toronto, and Calgary. Did I miss anywhere? I think I got him. Montreal? You Chicago. Said- yeah, I said Montreal Chicago. too, but I have the picture there. Yeah, uh, so honestly, um, my time in I, I signed as a free agent in Chicago, and then uh, Bob Murray got fired, and um, uh, Mike Smith came in, and I'll never forget this meeting. He calls me up, the captain of the team, and calls me up the office, and he used to be with the Leafs after I was gone, and he said, "How do you deal with the media in uh, Toronto?" I said, "Oh, no worries. It's uh, you know, just you keep them close to you, and you talk to them." And, Oh, yeah, this is what I did. This is what I did. So I was in his office for 45 minutes. He goes, okay, that's great. Uh, I get up to walk out the door. And he goes, oh, by the way, trade deadline's coming up. Be prepared. I look back at him, and I slam that door. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? So I, got, I did get traded to Buffalo, and uh, it was a pretty good run there. We had, I think, 14 or 15 games. We, uh, I think we won 13 of them. And made the playoffs by one point, and then I uh, I got the flu in the in the playoffs and didn't play very well against uh, Philly. And then the next year it was you know not a bad year. We lost Pittsburgh in overtime, and then uh, I signed with Montreal as free agent for a couple of years, and then back to Toronto. Yeah, for the one game for, uh, <laughs> for your retirement. That must have been awesome, though, right? You know what I mean? You get to put on the blue and white again and, and shut her down in, in Maple, well, not Maple Leaf Gardens at the time, but you actually played um, in the last game in Maple Leaf Gardens with Chicago, and you scored yes. a goal. Uh, that must have been pretty awesome. Like, what what do you remember about that? It's well, historic, yeah, you, it, it, was, it was historic, and obviously going in there, um, Chris Yellows let me take the first or the face off. And against Mats, and then uh, yeah, so I think we won seven two. I I scored the winner. Um, probably got the last one. I think Reed Simpson had two goals and assists that night or something. That uh, was crazy because Reed was a tough guy as well. But uh, you know what? To go in, I know Toronto fans aren't happy about it, but to go in the last time to ever play at that building that I I loved and uh, to win. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was great memory. Yeah, and was all your family in the crowd as well? Oh yeah, yeah. How many? So if you're playing, in, if you're playing, uh, not when you're playing for Toronto, but you come to town, how many uh, how many family members do you got to get tickets for, Doug? That's something that's <laughs> always hard, and it, so your allotment I think is two tickets a player. So the players that aren't from Toronto or Ontario you go get the other guy's tickets. So, and then if you go out West, you got to do the same thing for them. So I would probably get four to six tickets coming in maybe, but tried hard for my family to go online and not even online, but to call and try to purchase them early. Um, it, it was just too hard. Like it, they're not available. And, um, so a lot of times if it was uh, friends that wanted to come, I said, hey, just get there early and don't buy the tickets outside the building until game time. And so you, you'd pay face value for them. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's always cool. It must have been really cool, actually, to come back and, and you know, play in front of your family. But I, you can't recreate that when you're actually playing for the Leafs. Uh, Brandon, your, your nephew's chiming in, says, ha ha, I didn't know he hit a fridge. 
again, I haven't seen, I haven't seen anybody in over a year up in Kingston. Just, uh, um, I want to get back up there at some point in time, but like everybody else, we're just staying at home, staying safe. And at some point in time, Brandon, uh, get up there to see you, uh, brother and sister and, uh, cousins, family members, everybody. So yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Adam running says, sincerely want to thank you, Doug, for all the support you give the different organizations over the years. Congratulations on being a true ambassador for the game. We all love my question for you is a number of questions. You wore number nine in St. Louis and I believe 39 in Calgary and on to 93 in TO. Can you give us some history behind all of that? Also any stories from the Calgary cup win would be incredible. Uh, pleasure meeting you in Belleville a couple years ago. Thank you for being a true hockey and it cuts off. I can't even okay. see it. Um, well, when I got, when I played with St. Louis my first year, uh, they gave me number 18. So I didn't have a choice. Uh, Perry Turnbull got traded to Winnipeg the next year. He was number nine. That was my junior number. So I went to nine. I got to uh, Calgary. There was a guy with a big mustache named Lanny. He had number nine. <laughs> so I wasn't getting that. Tim Hunter. 19 wasn't getting that 29 Joel Otto wasn't getting that. So I went to 39. Um, I wasn't going to take 29 anyways. To me, that was a goalie's number, but um, uh, yeah, three was always been a lucky number for me. And then when I got traded to uh, Toronto, um, there's uh, the Russian defenseman that was in the trade. Gudinyuk. Uh He actually was wearing number 93 okay. and, True story, and we had preseason game against the Leafs in Calgary. And I told Brian Papineau, the trainer, I said, hey, uh, make sure I get that number when I get traded. It's a, to 93. That was in training camp. Really? Uh, so he was, he, yeah, he was in the deal. And I got, then I got the jersey, and Lou wanted me to wear nine. He didn't want high numbers. I said, no, Lou, I, I'm, that's my number now. I can't change. And so I, told, I think I told you a story when I got to Long Island. Um, that night, or sorry, the next morning, we had breakfast with the teammates. Nobody even said hi to me. All they said was, "What number did you get?" And Marty Berdur was the only guy that bet on that he would get. I would get ninety three, and so I, he walked away with about twenty two hundred bucks that day. So, <laughs> like he needed it too. No, eh? no I know, but it's just <laughs> they, like Lou's such a great man. But you know, he's got his rules, and yeah. Um, so. Uh, what other questions were in there? Sorry. Uh, yeah, you just wanted to any cool stories about the Calgary Cup, if you don't mind. Is there one that sticks out for you? You know what? I think the the team was just a great like all good teams. Everybody likes each other, and I think the best part of it was it, it was on a part of the Calgary Flames uh, series. But we snuck the Stanley Cup um, on like it was underneath the plane, I guess. And we were taking it back with us. And so uh, the security guy was there. Somehow we got the cup or somebody got the cup in the bathroom. And so once we took off in the air, we brought the cup out and the plane went crazy. So it was, uh, it was a great story. And the, the guy uh, that had the cup, he goes, are you kidding me? How did this happen? So again, we didn't do anything stupid with it. Back in those days, you only had it for about four or five hours and, yeah, um, you know, pictures with family members, friends, and and that's it. 
That's that's a pretty cool story. Uh, we got a couple more comments, if you don't mind, Doug, because yeah. you're a popular guy. Huge fan, Doug. Proud owner of a Gilmore Game U stick that was given to Joey Kosher. This is Tammy Chin uh, down in Michigan. She's been a huge supporter of ours and a huge uh, Red Wings fan, but it's pretty cool. She's got a stick, one of your sticks from Joey Kosher. No, that's awesome. You know, I, it's uh, you just like Toronto, the Michigan fans are Red Wing fans. It's it's crazy. And that goes all the way up to Chicago. When When I was playing with Chicago, you know, when Toronto came in, it wasn't as when you go through Canada, it's crazy. But uh, when Detroit would come into Chicago, oh boy, half of the building was a Detroit fan. So, so that's, it's a, I don't have any of those sticks anymore, but um, I'm glad you got it. Well, there you go, right? I mean, isn't it crazy how like the things you, you give away and then all of a sudden you don't have? I mean, I gave away so much hockey gear and so many sticks and now I, I i was sitting there i'm like i don't even have any gear anymore luckily the broncos sent me skates and now some other people have contributed some stuff but it was like i was sitting there going wow like why did i give all that gear away now i got nothing all these years later another uh, great question coming in from will clark uh doug what would you tell a big kid who is good and played physical but had a tough injury and can't seem to get that physicality back to his game Oh, uh, again, I'm, uh, I don't know how to say that to you. Like, obviously it's rehab and everything else that you, you need to go through. And, um, if, uh, mentally, if you're, if you're like scared to hit somebody and your body's going to hurt or whatever it might be, it's a tough question for me, unless I knew exactly what was going on. But, um, if once you put the skates on and, and you, get out in that ice just think about what you did before and i know a lot of times if, if you do have any videotapes of you playing previous go back and watch them and see what you did see how you got there it's uh it's very important that uh you know you can't replay the game the same way all the time but you can also understand what you did right and for me that's uh that's a very positive thing so if you have video try to watch it that's a great answer, and I and I believe they do have video. That's uh, one of our our uh, Will's actually a member of Pucksport. His um, son was well, son Chase uh, Driscoll. Uh, he broke his leg in like a freak accident. I'm talking like I've never seen a leg break like that in hockey, where he broke his tibia and fibia in like a freak accident. And I mean, it's wow. it's hard. I wish I could get on the ice with him because I believe he he's got skill coaches. I believe these coaches should drop the skills for a little bit, put their gear on and start pushing him around a little bit. You know, you're bigger, strong, make him realize that, you know, he can compete with a guy who's, you know, bigger and stronger than him. And that's what I would do anyway. Yeah. And hopefully the injury should be like that leg should be even stronger Yeah, with, with you know, the calcium buildup and everything else back. So again, I, I just tell him, you know, obviously he's got to work at it. He's got to push it. He's got to get the strength back, but uh, just watch what, uh, what he used to do and uh, see if that works. Great answer. A um, couple more, Doug, if you don't mind. Yep. Doug played his best game well with the Habs. Do you agree with that? What's your best game ever, Doug? <laughs> There's too many for best that. But game, my, is that good? My, my, I, I, my <laughs> best game with the Habs was probably um, my first year there. We were in the playoffs. We're playing Boston. We're number eight seed. They're number one seed. Uh, we have game six at home. Um, Saku Koyabu coming back from cancer and he played um i scored the tying goal we were down i think three one or something like that after the second and so i tied the tying goal i had the tying goal and then saku scored the winning goal so that was probably one of the best games 
you know, in the Montreal uniform that I played. Yeah, and and I mean Saku Koivu, what a story there. Where I'm not sure about the timing. You weren't there when he made his comeback, were you? Yeah, yeah. That, oh, you that, were there. That was the playoff game. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That, how amazing was that experience for him to come back and and be a part of that? Yeah, and you know what, he didn't play a lot, but he played enough, and uh, you know what, there is some hockey guys somewhere because uh, he ended up scoring the game winner, and we yeah. beat uh, we beat them, and that's when we went to Carolina. And no, it's not when I broke the glass. So <laughs> that's hilarious. That's too funny. Um, Kevin Gary said, You should have retired a Hab, not a Leaf. I don't agree with that. I think he made the right choice. You had to go back to be a Leaf. Come on. Uh, great captain. Loved your grit and determination from Jason Martins, one another big supporter of ours. And I, I second that. I watched these videos, Doug, of you um, and, and just, you know, how you competed. Uh, you know, especially for your size and, and that, like there's, there weren't too many guys and that's why they called you killer. I know there's a story about Brian Sutter giving you the nickname, uh, killer because you know, you guys, you kind of look like, they, uh, Charles Manson with the hair back in the day, but I really think that it, you know, it was Charlie and it turned to killer more because of your killer <laughs> instinct on the ice. Would you agree with that? Or what's the story? Well, you know, one of the biggest things is players that you play against know if you're going to compete. Right. So if it's a bigger guy and he just picks me up and throws me in the boards and I'm coming back, well, I'm going to try to slash him in the calf and that calf's going to shut down the third period. Or I'm going to do something stupid. It's just, it's going to be, I'm doing something back because if, if somebody hits you and you don't do anything back, it's going to keep happening. Right. It's, it's almost bullying on the ice. And I had to fight back and I was going to do it. And I was going to do as I could to make sure that they knew that I'm there to compete. So they won't take liberties on you. And that was the biggest thing. So, um, like I said, it's half, half the thing is all up here and, um, you know, how to, you know, get into people's heads during a game. It's not vocally, but just mentally how you can work it past that. And come on, when, when I was, going to get hit in the glass 90% of the time I'm this far from the glass. So guess what? I go in, I come off. Yeah. If I'm this far, I get hurt. Yeah. So it just doesn't matter how big you are. If they're pushing against the glass, you're coming back. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point. And, and I don't, I, you know what, I was never really taught that too much. Um, you know, we, we didn't do a whole lot of that. And I think those are the little intangibles that guys need to really work on and girls too, because girls hockey is growing. Um, they're not as physical, but still making sure you protect yourself along the wall. Um, and not only that, you're going to be able to keep the puck on your stick too, right? You bounce off and you can still keep control of the puck. Uh, a couple more. Sorry. My dad's coming in, but Erica, Lind- <laughs> uh, um, Matt Thompson was, uh, we were running the skate shop together. Uh, one of my best friends says, Doug is my hubby's favorite player. And will he sign his Jersey? LOL. Erica, I'll see what I can do, but no promise. hundred uh, percent. Okay. Well, hey, there you hey, go. for you too, when are you coming up to Oakville? Uh, Monday, Monday. Well, give me a holler. I'll, I'll come over and say hi. Okay. Well, let's, let's do that. I, I love that. That's amazing. Hold on. That's too cool. Um, I have one more, uh, one more comment coming in from actually my dad, who's saying just started killer 
never drafted uh, or killer after never drafted. I'm pretty sure it's called killer. Never. What is it? What's the actual title called? Why is my dad confusing me now? Is that what it's called? Are you there, Doug? Yeah, I'm here. What is my dad? What? Sorry, it's oh, I because I hit that button. I think it makes it all all jumpy for you. My dad's saying just started Killer After Never Drafted, uh, the book. My dad, and he sent me a text too. My dad's, you know, I used to bug him all the time, but now my dad's bugging me uh, during the podcast. So I guess he's reading your book. Um, hello, Dad. Thank you for all your support, and it's a great book. I've actually that's the first book. It's the first hockey book that I've read before my dad has read. So there you go. that's pretty cool. That's Patrick, awesome. dad. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, I think we'll, Oh, I have one more comment. I got to show Lance Galbraith, who is uh, uh, an Ottawa 67s legend uh, played against him in pro. And he actually, Lance was on the show. I had Brian Kilray on the show. I had the other killer. Yeah, on killer. The show. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and Lance was, you know, hit, like one of his favorite players that ever played for him. So we surprised, we surprised Brian with, with, uh, Lance, oh, you should awesome. have heard, you should have heard the, the change in his voice when he heard Lance. He's like, there's one of the best 67s of all time. He was just so fired up. That's with awesome. school. So, yeah. So well, I think we'll stop the, the comments there, Doug, listen, I know your time is, uh, extremely valuable and, you know, I appreciate, this and i i hope that maybe one day we can do it again i, I don't want to take no I don't problem any more of your time i know you're super busy sorry to everybody that I, we have like probably like 50 more comments that i'm trying to sift Brady, through. anytime you know that we'll do it again okay i'm gonna send you a message and, and hopefully we can connect on monday and i hope Jaden's gonna come in because uh i'm waiting for Jaden to come in so i'll i'll uh i'll gladly let you go and i i so appreciate this doug like beyond words um there's you know, from where I was not too long ago to, to have you as a friend and a supporter awesome, means buddy. the world, man. Means the world. So thank yeah, you so continue. much. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Pleasure. Wow. Pretty awesome, guys. Thank you to Killer Doug Gilmore. I'm sorry we didn't get to all the questions and comments. Um, I know Doug is, he is so busy um, doing so much. Jaden, if you're watching, let's go, bud. Let's go. Uh, waiting on Jaden Shaver, but I have a few things I need to cover. Uh, let me send him a quick text message here. See where he's at. Kids these days. Kids these days. But yeah, we're going to get to some pictures. Um, as promised. As promised. Jaden says, okay, I'm ready. Maybe I got to send him the link again. We're going to get to some pictures. People supporting puck support in the community. Jason Martins looking good, bud. He's got Ch uh, Greg Johnson in his hat. There's his little guy rocking the puck addiction hoodie with Ryan Donaldson in it. There's a special delivery. Me... Taylor and I delivered a puck support hoodie to Donna Reed. I know she's watching. Donna, we love you so much. Um, thank you for your support. And uh, another picture, Michelle Polino, uh, also putting in a couple orders. We really appreciate it. I know there's many more pictures, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna continue to post them every episode. Um, Luke Hunter. Luke Hunter is uh, 
recently ordered. And, uh, you know, I'm so appreciative of him. And if you haven't seen that episode, I mean, you got to check it out. You got to check out Luke Hunter on Hockey to Hell and Back. Uh, there's just no words for the amount of courage and bravery that he showed uh, back two episodes ago. Ago, Sorry, I'm trying to copy this link and get it to Jaden. Kids these days. He's got it figured out. But if you guys want to support, puck support, we got masks. I always turn the wrong way. Puck support masks, hats. I really like this one. I really like this one. This dad hat is actually pretty, uh, pretty cool too. And guess what? We got, we actually have these hats coming in camo. So there, and actually it's the first thing that Susan Cook, whose house I'm in right now, hello Susan. It's the first thing that she's like, hey, I'll wear that. She hasn't, she has a, uh, she doesn't wear anything puck support except for the old the old style logo uh, that I gave her. Uh, she wears that shirt all the time because it's you know it is black and yellow. Her Boston Bruins colors. Her uncle is Harry Sinden, hockey legend. Um, but what I will do is what we're going to start doing is featuring uh, one of the individuals that we've lost um, today is Matthew Lazinski. It only is right to start back with Maddie. Uh, it's also in my hoodie here. That's why Puck Support started. For people that don't know, every every item of Puck Support swag has a hidden in memory of one of the players that we've lost to things like suicide or overdose. And every time I look down at this, every time I press these names on my shirt underneath, Proby's on there. Every time I press the names on there, it's, I see my name going on it. I just, I press those names and I, I ask myself every single day, you know, like, why, why, why am I still here? And these other individuals are not. Guess who made it? Guess who made it? Jaden. Wait. You gotta be or what? What's going on, buddy? Can you hear me? I got you. Can you hear me? Give it a second. It'll click in. He's using it. Uh, you got it? Yeah, we're good. Oh, we're good. Jane Shaver, the magician. What's going on, buddy? What's good? Hey, man. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah. Uh, everybody, this is Jaden, uh, super talented kid. You want to you know how to do puck tricks and stuff. This is the guy to watch. Um, there's a lot of great kids out there doing great things, but there's also a lot of great kids not doing look who just texted me terry ryan that's about you bud that's yeah. about you terry ryan is uh happy to help in any situation that's crazy that he literally just texted me i texted him this morning and that just came in one minute ago that's wild such a nice guy yeah, we love we love us some Terry Ryan. Uh, he's actually wants to bring you on his podcast and uh, feature you because I had him on the podcast, Jaden, and 
he he brought you up out of nowhere. He's like, who is that kid? And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. We got a lot of a lot of people watching. Uh, of your compadres there. Um, but I wanted to make a point, and we're gonna start doing more around uh, people bullying and stuff. And I'm, you're gonna help me with that. Uh, we also have a couple other individuals uh, gonna be helping with that. And I showed this earlier, Jaden. I showed this earlier, but. I don't know if you were watching. I know you have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the squad, bud. Welcome to the squad. You've been a member. Yeah. You've been a That's member cool. of the Puck Sport. Yeah. You've been a member of the Puck Sport Warriors for some time, but now it's official. And I just want to let you know how much I love you and I support you. And I got your back no matter what. Anybody messes with you, anybody messes with any of our team. We're here for each other and we have no time. We have no time for people that want to pick on other individuals. So we're going to stand up for those who uh, sometimes can't stand up for themselves or they're going through things. We have some big plans, don't we? Yes, it's it's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Yes, I'm, I'm excited that it's finally official and, you know, everybody can see. Yeah, man. And, and keep doing your thing. Uh, let me tell everybody a quick story before, before I go here. So I was working up at the one stop skate shop uh, up there in Morrisburg with my buddy, Matt, shout out to Matt Thompson and Jaden came in and I was flipping a puck around, catching it. Like I hadn't done it for years, like super rusty. I was never that sick at it anyways. And he's like, ah, oh, Jaden's like super unimpressed kind of. And he's like, hold on. he's like, hold on, let me go get my phone. He's like, let me go get my phone. And uh, I was like, okay, what's this kid got? What's this kid got? And he pulls out his phone. First off, in the videos, it doesn't even look like him because he's like 13 in the video. And he's like, well, I haven't done it for a while. I kind of I kind of lost uh, interest in it. He's like, and he's showing me these videos. I'm like, man, you got to get back to doing that like now. So he grabs a stick. And he starts putting on a clinic out of nowhere. And me and Matt were on the floor. Like I, I was at my phone out. I'm like, you got to get back to this. So uh, I'm really happy that you're back doing what you're good at. Man. And I'm so proud of you. I know. It, it feels good. It's I'm, I'm happy to be back. And I just like being in the community and making videos. It's, it's fun. Something to do. Well, we're going to get you down here. And guess what? Paul Rosen, who is a... Uh, para hockey gold medalist like para hockey we're talking on the sled yeah. and everything he wants to come up and do some filming he wants to put on his sled again and has to take some shots on him so hopefully you can be down here for that when that happens and, and we're taking this thing across canada and one day across the states you're going to be by my side the whole way buddy got big plans for you i got a meeting with the nhl and you know i'm going to show them to you show them you man you know yeah. it so, I got big plans for you, and I just want to keep continuing supporting you, let you know that I got your back whenever you need it, buddy. I know. I appreciate it. You're always there for me. It's it's awesome. Okay. Well, hey, listen. You tell your mom and dad and those two little brats, brothers of yours, that I love them, and uh, we're going to send you guys some stuff up here this week, and I can't wait to see you making your videos and some puck support swag, man. Oh, I know. I can't wait. Wrap it. Okay, buddy, I'm going to let you go, say my thing. We'll do it again, and you have some plans, but I think we'll just wait to announce that. We'll bring you back yeah. again in a couple weeks, and, and we'll announce yeah. it to the world. Okay, buddy? Yeah, shout out. Shout out Jeff Pfeiffer, Chris Pfeiffer, Emily, Joey, and Jeffrey. All right. I love it. Okay, guys, yeah. Jaden, we'll talk to you in a bit, bud. Thanks.
Wow, Jaden's such a great kid. Such a great kid. Um, love that kid, man. I got his back all the way. And that goes for anybody. That goes for anybody that's going to be involved in puck support. And we're all, listen, it's puck support. We're all a team. Doesn't matter where you live. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter what race you are, what sexuality you are, what sexual orientation you are, whatever you want to call it. We are all a team. We send nothing but love and respect and kindness, like seriously. And it gets me fired up. It gets me fired up when I see uh, people online bullying others. And uh, I know Jaden hates that too. Like it, there's no place for it. And I just want to remind people, parents out there, take the time to talk to your children, talk to your children, sift through their social media. Yes, their social media, because if they're not responsible enough, if they're not responsible enough to have an Instagram and treat people with respect, well, guess what? They're, they don't deserve to have it. And I think that's a privilege, not a right. So I encourage all the parents out there uh, to go through your kids' per, uh, social media. I know it's maybe privacy and this and that, but I'll tell you what, I had a, a situation the other night where I had to talk somebody um, through some pretty hard issues. Um, you know, and I was really concerned and I took it personal and I took it to Instagram live and, and I put it on somebody and I don't regret doing it. And since then, since then, uh, you know, my Instagram account was banned. I don't care. You can't keep me down. You think, you think Instagram can keep me down? I just fought out of hell. You think I'm worried about Instagram? I'll keep coming back because I know I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm doing all the right things. I don't, all, maybe I make some mistakes along the way and I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I'm following my heart and my heart is pure. And I hope you guys can all appreciate that uh, because, you know, I don't take any of this lightly. I really don't. Uh, I want to get back to uh, Matthew Lazinski really quick because this is where. This is where puck support started. It, it really truly is where puck support started. And if you watched or listened to any of the, the early podcasts, it was a topic of conversation every single podcast. Matthew Lazinski, 1987 to 2017. I never had the pleasure of meeting Matthew Lazinski. This was one of Matt Thompson's best friends. And Matt shared this story with me. And for people that don't know Matt, well, he doesn't really pick up the phone and, and engage in conversations with people he doesn't know. He's a really private guy. But he had this overwhelming sense that he needed to pick up the phone and talk to me and I'll never forget that phone call he uh, is this is this Brady from hockey to heroin yes he's like man I just listened to your podcast and I felt like I was listening to my best friend and he's like my best friend passed away in 2017 his name is Matthew Lazinski do you know do you did you ever know him and I said no I didn't I'm really sorry to hear that and 
Upon further research and further conversation, I found out that Matthew Lazinski and I were born in the same year as is Matt Thompson. And he actually passed away shortly after I moved to Aurelia and he passed away in Oro Medante, which is not too far from where I was. So I was close by uh, when he passed away, but I never did meet him. But we, I ended up in, uh, in jail out here in Ontario. And unfortunately, Maddie had a story very much like mine and never had a chance to redeem himself. So that's what I'm, that's what we're doing for him and for all those that never had that chance. And I think about Maddie every single day and it is a great honor to be doing this for him and for all those individuals. And I'm going to start doing this once an episode uh, going through all the names and sharing some information. Matthew Lazinski was drafted in the second round by the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. He played for the Sioux for a couple of years until he ran into some off-ice troubles and uh, found himself behind bars. And that was it for his hockey career. And he fell into a life of addiction, which I know all too well. And every time I see this picture, I picture me on there and I just wonder why it's not me. Uh, it very easily and, and should be me. And I, there's just no words for it. And I'm grateful to the Lazinski family who has been supporters of what we're doing here at Puck Support. And this is where it all started. When I heard the story of Matthew Lazinski, I, I literally was just in absolute shock. And I thought I was one of the few ones that dealt with such serious issues. And since then, I've uncovered many stories, tragically, that are very similar very similar to Matthew Lazinski and, you know, Mitch Fadden being one of them, passing away from overdose, my line mate. And so Matthew and Mitch were the, the real inspirations behind puck support. And this is where it all started. So we start with Matthew Lazinski, the never forget segment. We think about you all the time, Maddie. Uh, I know you're with us. I know you're up there with all, with all the, the guys and girls on the list, you guys are all together playing hockey up there, watching out over what we're doing. You took Brennan Detloff in, I know it, I can feel it. I spoke with Brian Detloff the other night and that was a very hard conversation, but one of the best conversations that I've had all year. We're gonna change the world. We're gonna change the world, there's no doubt about it. Mental health and addiction are real inside and outside of the hockey community. If you want to support what we're doing, you can do so by buying any of our merchandise on pucksupport.com. Every single item will have an in memory of one of these individuals in this picture. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, Bob Probert, Derek Bugard, Todd Ewan, Brennan Detloff, Greg Johnson, Jeremy Domish, Dave Gov. It goes on and on. Belak, Chad Miller, the Savage Brothers, Steve Montador, John Adams, Laura Taylor, Sarah Devins, Mark Potvin, Barry Potomsky, John Cordick, Quentin Van Horlick. I know I'm missing a couple in there. Andrew Carroll. One of them will be on every single piece of merchandise except for our masks because I just don't feel like it would be comfortable on the inside but if you want your mask 
with a name on it, I guess I could put it in there, but I can't guarantee it's going to be comfortable. So we stick to our hoodies and hats. Maddie, buddy, everything I do is for you and all of them. Matthew Lazinski's in my hoodie. Matthew Lazinski is in my hat. If and when you do order anything from PuckSupport.com, please make sure you take a picture and take a picture showing the name. I am currently working on the website to make sure that each individual is honored the way that they deserve to be. And with a little bio, it's taking me a lot more time than what I had hoped, but I hope that it's going to be done by the end of March entirety. So nobody is taking a dollar out of this business. I'm not making any money out of this. Susan's not making any money out of this. Nobody, not Sandra, nobody. This is all strictly volunteer. Um, a percentage of the sales goes directly back into our mental health and addiction fund. And that makes us feel really good because we're gonna be able to help people, but we need people to get involved, step up. If you feel like you can't help us, I'm gonna reassure you that you can because everybody has uh, talents and abilities that can be utilized to help people. I truly believe that the door is wide open. What we're doing is completely transparent. February 21st, February 21st, uh, we are going to have a meeting. It is uh, a get together meeting. Uh, if you have any ideas of how we can improve or things you would like to bring to Puck Support or you want to get involved, email us team at pucksupport.com. T E A M at pucksupport.com. If you're struggling and you need support now, email Sandra Murray. Sandra at pucksupport.com. She's our licensed professional who is also working on a strictly volunteer basis uh, right now. And I am so grateful for Sandra's support um, and her time. Um, she's going to be doing a lot of great things down there in Puck Support USA. I'll be working the Puck Support Canada and we're going to make this happen. We're making this happen. Thank you so much. I want to say again to Dave Gilmore, Brandon Gilmore, what you guys did for us was amazing and I will never ever forget it. We are entire in eternally grateful. Sorry, I'm losing my words. Eternally grateful for your support. James Gardner, same with you, buddy. And uh, Jens Kasten, you guys did some amazing work for us as well. So thank you so much. And to everybody who's contributed, the list goes on. We will make a difference. We already are. If everybody could please say a prayer for little Galilee. Um, he's having a hard time down in the hospital. Uh, on my Facebook page, I posted the GoFundMe page. I believe Carrie Goulet from the Gooch Live has stepped up to go take him some ice cream and some almond butter so thank you gooch kudos man thank you so much from the bottom of my heart um i wish i could get down there and do it but people step up like carrie goulet step up and making a difference being there for a family who needs us to be there for them so thank you gooch um it means the world uh, i know to that family and to taylor and i because we want to be able to do more and we're just not really in a position to do so and it, it just, it sucks. There's no other word for it. I wish I could always do more. Anyways, that's it. Doug Gilmore, thank you. What a class act. Super class act. There's no other word for it. What do you say about a guy like that? Unbelievable hockey career. 
Um, and he's supporting myself and Puck Support. I could have never dreamt this up, you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Please go to PuckSupport.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Puck Support. And you can now follow me on Instagram at Mental Health Hockey. Yes, that's right. I have a new account at Mental Health Hockey. It's a little bit more user friendly than hockey to heroin. And please wish me luck when I meet with the NHL coming up soon. Hello, everybody back home. Mom, Dad, Auntie Lee, Uncle Laura, Rachel, Spencer, Adam, and especially Bob and Louise Levis, who sent me a beautiful present today. My old neighbors, who my dad and my, my us, we could not have survived without you guys. There's just no way my dad would have been able to do it. I'm going to feature that on an upcoming show once I get permission to share the pictures of Louise and Mickey, Michelle, who was my first girlfriend. She was like 19 and I was five. I tried to slip her the tongue after watching 90210 and she's got some funny stories about that. Uh, it's it's awesome, but they've Louise said, don't post any of those pictures with her in it or she'll have my head and I'll have yours. That's what it said, but they also sent an outfit for Veda. So thank you guys. I'm gonna share more about what you guys did for our family on a very, uh, I don't even know the words, but on an upcoming episode, I'm going to share uh, just how amazing you guys were to our family. And I'm going to give you a call right now to say thank you because this morning it was just too early when I got the package. Um, hello to Brooklyn and Brody. I miss you guys. I love you. Uh, I hope you got your gifts from the Vancouver Canucks and confirmation from the Canucks. They did get their puck support hats. Hoodies are on the way. Thank you all for watching. Love you all without your support. I would not be able to be doing this. And I just, I appreciate it so much. I'm so grateful. Be kind, be grateful, and have a great day if you so choose.